All right, so we're on, we're teaching, uh, the title is still tongue-tied, it's, it's changed from tongue-tied uh, about uh, talking, speaking in tongues to tongue-tied organizing our minds, okay, organizing our minds according to heaven, and I've, I've put a lot of Facebook uh, live stuff on Facebook on both the journey, so if you haven't liked the journey yet, like over there, and then on Les Heron Life Coach, because what happens is anything that the world is talking about that we realize is true is actually has an origin story in scripture and how God works. So that's how we're not actually taking ever something from man and then making it uh, fit into God. It's always we're hearing something in business or in art or somewhere and then we're going, oh, that's already happened here. And that's how we redeem it. We're just taking it back to where it's from. And this idea of organizing your mind comes from simply taking every thought captive. And we've talked a little bit about that. So it's the, it's the connection from heaven to our brain and then through our mouth how things work. So we focused on speaking in tongues a lot. We focused on a little bit the last two weeks, the prophetic and then words of wisdom, words of knowledge, Okay. And I, I, I had a definition for gifts of God's, uh, an acrostic, not a definition. God's invitation is the I-G-I to his friends, F, that he trusts, T, with the supernatural S, G-I-F-T-S. And if we would look at the spiritual gifts as a friendship part of how we are, we would totally change it. We wouldn't walk around going... I speak in tongues and you should too and I'm better than you or I have this gift of financial giving or or I have this gift of words of knowledge and so I need to do this and like that's what everybody needs is what I do and and I'm going to like set myself up there this is the standard it's like it's just a relationship gift and if you're if we look at gifts as a relationship there can be something that he's regularly giving to me, right? You have friends like that, right? Where you maybe talk about the Astros or you maybe, you know, during a football season, you don't really see them or talk to them, but then something happens in a sport. So you see them a lot or talk about it a lot. And then you have other people you talk about personal things with, and you have other people that you might go fishing with. And it's in a relational context. And in this, this context, we're actually walking with Jesus and he's inside of us and the Holy Spirit's with us and, and all that. But it's a relationship context of the best gifts are the ones that the person needs in front of you right now. They're not the gifts that you want to give. They're not the gifts that you have. They're the gifts that the one you're walking with is walking with you. He's got his hand around you, and he's like, hey, give this to them today. Hey, look, I have this for you to give to them today. But what happens if our mind is organized around religion or church where somebody has to have a big gift to be able to give it? You have to have a microphone. You have to be ordained. You have to have some sort of background. If our, if our mind's organized around that, we'll say, whoa, I don't need any gifts. They're not for me. They're for other people. But then what we do is we pray, gosh, I wish somebody would believe more in Jesus. But, man, don't use me. I wish a pastor would come and talk to them. Really, whenever we, say, whenever we go, man, they need Jesus, I think Jesus is saying, yeah, and you know that they need Jesus, and so you're the one to go tell them about Jesus. You're it. You're it. You're it. You're it. You're it. And what we do is we pray a lot. Like, God, I want you to do this. He's saying, I want to do that also, and I want to do it through you. 
We're like, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. And then we start disqualifying ourselves. And that's where, that's where that word bias comes in. Every time you hear me speak, every time you hear anybody speak, we have biases that start cutting things off. If I say I want to speak on tongues, people go, I know what that means. And they're biased to already knowing what it means and that they already have it and they don't need to know any more about it. Or they're biased to I don't need it at all because I have other gifts or because I've heard all these scriptures of opposing it. So we walk with that. And what we do is our brain is super lazy. Did you know that? Our brain functions really low. Our, our, our primitive brain, it's literally back here part of your brain. And, it's, 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 and you have your prefrontal cortex that says, hey... I want to lose weight. You know what your back, your, your, your old brain says, primitive brain? No way, that's too hard. You, you can never do it. Boy, that's exhausting. Why would you ever want to go on a diet? Why would you want to eat spinach and kale? Why would you want to cook up salmon? Why would you want to count calories? Why would you want to work out? But your brain up here is the one we're really supposed to be being led with, but that brain is supposed to be connected to the Holy Spirit, the kingdom, the spirit of God. But what we more, mostly do, we react from our bias back here. And then we, our brain is so lazy, it wants an answer, but it doesn't care if it's the right answer. It just wants to close the question. It's just so when you hear, when, when, when our brain's here, Herman's going to give a testimony. We already, we like Herman, so we say yay to what he says. But if, we've already, if we have a bias against Herman or against the person speaking or against the topic, we, our bias falls in and we're like, oh, that proves that, that, that I was right because they said that thing wrong. And our brain is constantly working to, 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 to make us comfortable, to make us not work. That's why you're, you hate a budget. We say, I'm going to be on a budget, and I'm going to start doing this with my money, and I'm going to be a good steward. And your brain starts rebelling and screaming against that. And so we have these biases when it comes to spiritual gifts. Every one of us has them. They come from religious culture. They come from family culture. They come from our need to never be embarrassed and never appear foolish. We have those biases, and they're personality biases. Well, I'm just a quiet person. It doesn't matter. Scripture says God's given you a gift, and you're supposed to use it to edify the body of Christ. Who cares if you're shy? Who cares if you can't speak well? Who cares if you're afraid? You start pushing into what he says you are, and you become who you hope you are and who you wish to be. We never need to use our personality. We never want to use our personality. Have you ever heard anybody say, well, I'm, I'm just a truth-speaking person? And you're like, well, that, that, then we buy it, but it's not true. Or I'm just shy. It's not true. You're not just shy. You're a child of the ever-living God who's given you gifts and expects you to be light and salt to the world. It doesn't matter what you feel, what you think, what your personality is. Now, would you, you, we excuse people that say, I'm just a truth-speaker or I'm just shy, or I'm just afraid of talking, or I just don't know scripture enough, we go, excuse, that's okay, there's your excuse. But we would never say to our kid or to our spouse, hey, Cretia, I want you to get off cocaine. She's like, well, I just love cocaine. I can't. Oh, okay, well, then, okay, cocaine's fine, right? We would, that would be, that's, I hope that sounds ridiculous. We would never do that. If I was beating my wife and you came to me and said, I'm going to have you arrested if you don't stop beating your wife. And I said, I just can't stop. I'm just, that's just who I am. You wouldn't care, would you? Because you know there's something more true than what I think, than what I feel, than what, how I'm acting. So we want to we live by this higher truth. And just technically, 
There's a lower brain and there's a higher brain in your prefrontal cortex. And we have all these neural pathways that are defeating our very prayers for revival, that actually defeat our very, our very prayers for our own success. So your prefrontal brain is the one that says, I want to be a kinder person. It's, it's up here. Your, your, your primitive brain doesn't say you want to be a kind of person. Your primitive brain says, I want to survive, not be killed, not be eaten by a tyrannos, tyrannosaurus. If they, I don't even know if they eat people, but I want to survive. I want to live. I don't want to be attacked by another tribe, and I will hide in a cave for days if I need to. But your prefrontal that says, hey, be kinder. Stop swearing. Maybe you shouldn't be so angry. Maybe you shouldn't be so this. And just your prefrontal. But the ruts are created back here. So when we begin to hear as Christians, we begin to hear the Holy Spirit. It hits our brain right here and, and, or back here. It comes in. And we've got to make a decision. Will I believe my rut or will I believe my Savior? Will I believe Jesus and what he says about me? Or will I believe the voice in my head that says I'm no good and I'm not worth anything? You decide that every day. But then when you pray, oh, God, you know, I need, you know, help me and, and, and make me feel better. He's like, I've given you every tool to make you feel better. And that is take every thought captive. Spiritual gifts are in there. But you can have... Prophecy after prophecy after prophecy. You can have proof over and over that God loves you and still reject it all because of your bias. All because of your bias. All right? So when we, when we talk about the passionate, passionate pursuit of spiritual gifts, it's out of relationship context. I'm not down here slugging it out for Jesus. I'm more than a conqueror, right? More than a conqueror means Joe gets in the ring, fights, get be, gets beat up, and hands me the belt. And I walk around like I'm a champion without my face being bloodied or my knuckles being bloodied or being exhausted after going how many rounds Joe had to fight that guy for me on my behalf. That's what it, that's what it means to be more than a conqueror. That's what it means. I'm not down here slugging it out, having a horrible time, dreary, and going, oh, God, i got to use spiritual gifts. i got to do this. i got to have this. It's, it's like I'm, I'm, actually more, I'm actually more like that three-year-old holding on to, probably more like this, holding on to dad, walking around. And dad's like, want ice cream? I do. I'm going to get you some ice cream. It might be a block. It might be a day. But he's going to get me what he says he's going to get me. And I'm just walking with him. We've got to have some of this imagery in our head and really strongly believe these things. It's not a lonely, the Christian life is never, has never been meant to be a long, dreary road, ever. It's never meant to be where your backpack is full of shame, full of condemnation, full of worry, full of fear, and full of loneliness. In fact, part of, part of emotional Maturity as a Christian is to re- begin to release depression and fear and worry, to begin to release those parts of our personality that were actually burdened upon us by our parents and by our experiences and by our own sin, and that to be able to be that that to be able to just release us. So we so we walk into this personality of who we're really created to be. That's the never-ending journey that we're on, and and that's why when we get older, to really be a saint. 
It's not to know scripture more. It's not to condemn people for wearing hats in church or having tattoos or, or meeting in a bar. It's as we get older, it's to be like celebratory that we're becoming who we were created to be more and more and more. And we move into that way. I'm going to read out of 1 Corinthians 12, 7 again, uh, 12, verse 7. By the way, Herman gave my mom and dad, they were sitting right here, a word after church. And uh, Herman came up to me Sunday and told me immediately what happened. And he was like this. He was shaken. He was like, oh. I, I said, that's awesome, and laughed and hugged you, right? And he's like, well, I got a word for your mom and dad. Well, man, it, that, that word landed so well. I think he gave him four Bs. And my mother gave, my, the Lord gave my mother another B either that next evening or that, that Monday night while her and Ed were walking. And just, and they, it was everything that, that it's everything they've talked about this year about being a burden to one another. And it was four B's in that area and it just released them. And what it says is God loves you so much. And I, Ed, Ed has no experience with, with things of the Holy Spirit. None like that. I mean, at, for, for 30 or 40 years, he's in church with my mom uh, right now, um, now in this season of his life. But it was so good, it was such a clear word. And that's what we want. That's the body of Christ coming together, giving those gifts. And that gift may just be, you know, everybody's name. You remember something about them. You, you, you've been praying for them in the week. You, you really have. You don't have to like, you're not struggling to hear a word and to deliver a word like Herman would deliver a word. You're struggling to come and deliver the Holy Spirit in the way that you were created to deliver the Holy Spirit. And as we, or, again, I'm going to use the word organize. As we organize our mind, we organize it according to the heart of God. And that, that means our path is easier. The path not following Jesus is the harder path. We sometimes look at it, well, it's been really hard to follow Jesus. Really following Jesus, getting rid of shame and living in redemption and knowing you have eternal life, that you have heavenly brothers and sisters that will forever be connected to you throughout eternity, that you're getting a glorified body in a really awesome space outside of this world. You really, that's harder than you living in sin? Come on. We've got to change our language. We organize our mind and change our language. We begin changing it around in that way. I'm going to stick on verse 7 and only read 7. I've been reading 7 through 11, but verse 7 says, Now to each one the manifestation is given for the common good. Now to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. If we have the time, I'm going to break it up into seven different parts. Now to each one the manifestation of the Spirit. What's of the Spirit? The grammatically, that's a prepositional phrase, right? So it modifies the manifestation. Prepositional phrase always modifies, I'm going to go to um, the club and I'm going to walk over the mountain. It's, it, it, it's, uh, it, it modifies my walk. Now, if I said I'm going to walk through the mountain... It's a whole different picture, right? If I say I'm going to walk under the mountain, it's still a prepositional phrase. It modifies how I'm going to walk. And so for this, for the manifestation, we have to remember it's of the Spirit. It's of the Spirit. And then I'm going to go is given. I'm going to on that and then possibly end with the common good. All right. So to each one, we've kind of covered this already. Everyone. This is written to not the group. Um, not each group is given, but everyone Every separate individual person that can hear my voice right here or on Facebook or who listens to the message, everyone has been given gifts. It's probably plural. It all comes from the same space. 
And additionally to that, and I'm not going to go into the scripture for this, but I believe every one of us has access to every gift that's out there as, as needed. So there's, there is a financial gift and when we talk about gifts. Now, I might not be able to have the financial gift to pay somebody's $10,000 debt, but I definitely have the gift to be able to pay somebody's $100 over here. So I can operate at a level of financial giving as a gift of the Holy Spirit in such a way that I can do it, okay? But then somebody else can give that $10 lunch to somebody, but they can't give $100 or $1,000 or $10,000. I was talking to a minister the other day, Linda, last year, and somebody gave a $540,000 check to the church. The guy handed it to him. He goes, normally I wouldn't hand it to you, but I didn't want you to think this was a joke. And I can't remember how the, the man had made over $5 million, but he wanted to tithe on it as soon as he could. And I'm like, that's an incomprehensible number, isn't it? That's like gigantic that that's 10% of what you earned in 360-something days. But the thing is, we each can walk in that. We can walk in the prophetic where we blow people's minds, or we can walk in the prophetic and tell them that you're 100% lovable and really soften their heart. So we can walk at different levels. Every one of us has a gift. Every one of us has gifts. And every one of us, every one of us has access to multiple gifts. So we can do this. We can say, God, give me this. These are, these are, this are the gifts I want. Or we can say, God, give me whatever you want to give me. Give me whatever you want to give me. We can say, God, give me just, just enough money, God, just to get, get along, just to make my car work. Or we can say, God, give me every dollar you have for me, every dollar anybody's not spending around me. You can go ahead and give it to me. I'm open to every gift and every dollar. If it's a single dollar bill or if it's a single small gift to use, I want it. I want everything. And we should, in expectation of walking in relationship with Jesus, that we are overflowing rivers of life of him. We're not over but what we are. No offense to politics. No offense to the Astros. We're overflowing rivers of politic, political discourse. We're, over, we're overflowing rivers of sports. We're overflowing rivers of the current thing on Netflix or Amazon Prime or Hulu that we're watching that we're interested in. We're overflowing on Us or People magazine. We have this, you know, I, I, I always pick on their Kardashians because I don't know that many people. But we have, we, we're overflowing in, in information that there's no transformation in. Or we think we're like doing really well and we're overflowing in religious conversation instead of Holy Spirit inspired stuff. And it comes, it comes just with us being us, just me being me listening for what's going on in the heavens. Somebody's talking to me. I keep seeing a light bulb, a green light bulb. I don't go, I hope that green light bulb goes away. I'm like, God, what is that light bulb for? As this person's talking about the Astros, as this person's talking about politics, God, what's the green light for? Is this for this person in front of me? And if he says, yes, it is, I'm like, God, you want to tell me anything more before I blurt out there's a green light bulb I keep seeing over your head? It's, it's really that easy. It's just, I'm, I'm conversing with Jesus as I'm talking to this person here. And it works. It works in church. It works around people who totally hate the Lord. And it works around people that are businessmen. It works around everybody. If you will be connected to the vine, if you'll be connected to the vine and you organize your thought around, I have gifts. I have gifts available this week for my business, for my life, for my tomorrow, for my decision making. I have gifts that bless people around me, that bring value to their lives, okay? 
That's number one to each one of us. But it's not like I got to get a gift. I got to find a gift. God, give me a gift. Do not, do not say, God, give me a gift, give me a gift, give me a gift, give me a gift. Because what you're saying is you haven't given me a gift yet. He's already given you the gift. He's already given you a gift. You can say, I want more, more, more. I think more, more, more is one of the best prayers you can pray. Because life and life more abundantly is like, I'm going to give you life and then more life and more life and more life. Not I'm going to give you eternal life and then you're going to have a horrible 50 years and, and, and when you die, then you get something good. It's like right now, abundant life started the moment we said yes to him and it begins to manifest through us. All right, so look at your neighbor and say, you have, look at your neighbor. Are you sleeping with your eyes open? I'm kidding. You have rivers of life flowing from you. When somebody, this, and, and this, is, this is what we often do. We, we come up and somebody says, that, like, like they start telling us all this stuff. A Christian starts telling us all their problems or things like that. And what we do is we like try to give them our experience of what we did. But that's useless for them. They're another person. What we can say is, hey, you have rivers of life flowing through you. You're connected to the vine. You have the mind of Christ. Why don't you tell me what the God, God is telling you to do? And I'll, I'll pray that you do what God tells you to do. It takes it off from all of us always giving. We're giving spiritual gifts all the time. All right, so the manifestation of. So we have to each one. The manifestation of, now manifestation is just what it sounds. Something that wasn't there manifests itself, okay? Something that didn't exist or you couldn't see or wasn't apparent becomes apparent, becomes visible, becomes tangible, okay? You can now see it. It would be like we're in this room and all of a sudden the, the, the air, the oxygen we breathe becomes tangible and that we can see it floating around and it's purple and but we have to keep gulping down the balls of purple to get that oxygen it'd be a tangible thing we could then see it right it would be like us now experiencing that we're doing like 186,000 miles an hour spinning on our earth around our axis as we go around as, as we spin around in our orbit that it would manifest it. What we know to be true would manifest itself, right? We'd all go flying off without the atmosphere, correct? But the thing is, there's supposed to be, when we say, when we preach about gifts, we're supposed to then manifest gifts. When we preach about love, we're supposed to manifest more love. When we preach about peace, we're supposed to manifest more peace. When we preach about, I don't mean me preach, when you talk about, when you read scripture and it says that you are blank, you, it's supposed to manifest and make itself tangible in your life that you are blank. Right? Remember, I think it was like the 90s, it was like uh, there was a whole proclamation declaration thing which got out of control and the whole thing was I am the head, not the tail. And anybody would say, well, my boss is... My bosses treat me poorly in a Christian and be like, you're the head and not the tail. And that, they would leave it at that. But there's a manifestation. If you believe in favor, then start asking God, where is the favor that you promised me? Where, am I, where have I experienced it? Where have I, am I experiencing it now? Because if he says you have it, you have it somewhere. And then where do you want me to experience it in the future so I can partner with you to see that favor manifested? All right. You say, hey, I believe that God wants me to have this kind of relationship. You, then we sit back and wait for God to give us that kind of relationship. But really what it is, is 
I believe 2020 is going to be a year of, I'm just going to say relationship, of relationship with, with, with Bob, okay? And with Bob, with that relationship, we don't sit back and stay the same. We engage in the journey, walking towards that good relationship with Bob, doing things that the Holy Spirit's telling us to do and giving Bob those gifts, even if he's been our enemy. And we part, that's how we partner towards the word of the Lord that we're hearing for us. All right? And we do that in the manifestation it's so important. In fact, in the Greek, it comes from the same word that we use for fantasia or fantasy. Uh, things like that with the, with the I'm, I'm sorry, not fan, with phantom, not fantasy, with the P-H. Unless you spell fantasy with P-H-A-N-T-S-Y. But it means to appear, uh, to, to make seem, or to become present to the mind. Isn't that, isn't that a great word? When you think of manifestation, you think of to become present to the mind. So Herman, I hadn't thought about this, but Herman has heard about tongues at least three or four times that we spoke about tongues. He knows about tongues. And all of a sudden what happened, something appeared, became, became apparent to his mind. And then what happens when something becomes apparent to our mind, we begin to experience it. So when, we, when, we're, only, when we're only choosing the back, our primitive brain, or, or not, and this is, this is not our redeemed brain, by the way. This is just, I'm just using the primitive brain, the caveman brain, also known as the lizard brain, because, because every, every animal out there just has this part of the brain. The brain, I need food, I need to reproduce, I need to protect myself, which means I need to kill something, or I'm going to be killed. But we walk around a lot like that in our relationships. We walk around that in our life. We walk around that in our greed. We walk around with that primitive brain. But up here it says, no, God's going to bless me. I don't have to fight. I don't have to fight and sell my soul for financial well-being. I don't have to fight and sell my soul to be, to be in ministry. I can, actually, I can actually believe up here that he has favor. He has a way for me to walk. And I can start walking and partnering with him in that way. And it will be better than if I fought tooth and nail to gain things on my own. All right? So this, this making plain manifestation is always the expression of God to us. So the manifestation of the prophetic is the manifestation of God to me or to you, and then I give that expression away to somebody, okay? And um, our minds need to be organized. And I don't know if I... Expressed this last week, I think at the, I, I just before we started, but the whole reason for me to share those two very clear prophetic words last week that I had was like, if I can hear a prophetic word that clear, you can too. And I mean, I've stumbled a lot up until I was like 30 something, almost 40, in my words of how to communicate and how to talk to people. And if God can craft that, if God can give me a newness of how to speak and a really favorable way to speak with believer or non-believer, the richest and the poorest and, and of every ethnic group, then he's got something for you when it comes to communicating the way you communicate. Because it is tough to say, hey, I have this word for you and click and send, knowing that they have all their biases holding it. And what I've learned to do is like, I have a word, do you want it? You know, I had a dream, you know, I, I rarely dream. I had a dream a few weeks ago. And I had the complete interpretation for it. And I crafted it, and I was, like, too afraid to send it. I knew I was going to send it, but I had to work through why would I be afraid to send it because of what they, how they would receive it. I'm not responsible for how they receive it. I am responsible for hearing, for organizing my mind to hear, 
for organizing my language when I begin to get the language to craft the language of how I give it to them and my timing and my delivery to give it to them. But I have to organize my mind that I'm not responsible for how they receive it because I'll begin to judge them then if they don't receive the gift that God gave me. And all I, all I am is delivery man and handing it over to them. Do you, If you ever get a package... And you open it up, it's been brought by UPS or Federal Express, and you get in it, and it's not the thing you ordered. You're not mad at the delivery man, are you? The delivery man's, I delivered what they sent from Amazon. So as as, as people of God delivering gifts, we're the delivery men. So we let let people get mad. We We give people prophetic words or word of knowledge, or we even give them some finances sometimes. And we let them misuse it, and we still want to give them more if... If our Lord and Savior, our Father, has more good gifts to flow through us to them. All right? There's a, here's another scripture, 2 Corinthians 4.2. And I know I'm just taking out this one phrase of 2 Corinthians 4.2. But it says, by the manifestation. I want you to hear this. We have the manifestation of the Spirit that we just talked about. But 2 Corinthians 4.2 says, by the manifestation of truth. See, it's a preposition. It's not of the Spirit. Of course, this truth is of the Spirit. Truth should be manifested, made visible to your mind. So when you're studying Scripture and you read something and it says, every place you place your foot, I will give you that land. You read that out of Joshua. That's been a, a Scripture for me. When I was at a, started at Abundant Life, and it was before that when I went to school when people said, Ichabod's been written over it, don't go there. But you have simple, foolish obedience, and it's not like you're wrecking your life by going somewhere. I don't mean that. I mean like you're hearing God, you're stretching for that, you're, you're going and you step in every... So I visualize myself walking land I'm on all the time as this is my land he's given it to me and we can say oh he's given it to god but he says he gives it to me and then i live on it and i plant it i drive out giants and i glorify his name while doing it he's not god's not driving out giants by the way i want you to hear that you're driving out giants god's not building farms. God's not tending sheep. We are. I am. You are. God's not casting out the wild animals that run across your field and ruin your stuff and eat your produce. That's our job. And we do, how do, how do we keep, how do we, how do we defeat giants and keep them off our land? We organize our mind to go into action, to do what the Holy Spirit tells us to do. And we defeat them. Once the giants defeat it, we kick back and relax, and we plant a little corn here. We plant some stuff here. We dig a well over here. But then what happens? A horde of wild dogs, hyenas or whatever, comes, comes rushing across your land, and they kill your sheep, and they, and they, they dump in your well. And you're like, oh, my gosh, my giants are defeated. But the giants are defeated is the beginning. We need to organize. I want you to hear this. You be, we organize our mind, our thoughts. God's given me. X amount of dollars every week, I'm going to organize my life and my mind around those dollars to increase my abundance as a good steward. God's given me this talent, this personality. God's given me this story that I'm embarrassed to tell. And he wants to redeem it because that's part of my promised life too. That's right where the enemy came and tried to, the very root of I am, kill me. And he didn't. And I won't be afraid of that. In fact, I'm going to bring that story all the way up here. And I'm going to lead with that story. 
That's how we develop our land. We organize our mind. How does a farmer farm? You know how hard it is to just do like an eight by eight garden plot and organize it for the biggest fruitfulness, right? In your, if you do a garden in your backyard, it's difficult. It's a lot of tending. If you have dogs, you have to put gate around it. If you have bugs, you have to kill those bugs. You have to do all of these things in season, out of season. We are farm. We organize our mind so wild animals don't come across our field. We tear down. We we got strongholds torn down, but we haven't built the, the, the enemy. But we haven't built up righteous strongholds. That things of wisdom are up there, so we can say, "Oh, if I keep doing this next year, I'll be divorced. Oh, if I keep doing this next year, I'll still be fifty pounds overweight. Oh, if I keep doing this, I'll still only have a minimum wage job. Oh, if I keep doing this, I'll still be miserable. Oh, if I keep doing this, I'll still be holding bitterness. We have that wisdom, and then we got, oh, you know what? So I'm gonna I'm gonna come down from my strong tower, and I'm gonna organize my mind." to defeat bitterness, to defeat poverty mentality. That's how things begin to grow on our land. Then the third thing we have is it says the, um, the thorny bush. So we have like, there's no, there's, no, there's no giants that are feeding us. Cocaine's not defeating us. Immorality's not defeating us. Criminal activity's not defeating us. Now we have the things from our past, maybe the way we think, maybe, maybe some people in our lives that come and just wreck things, and then we have to like build back up, and they wreck them again. Now we've got that taken care of. But in the promised land, I want you to see this, in the promised land that we're taking over, that's always was called to be ours, there's always vegetation coming up right where we're planting good seed. So we organize our mind to, oh, I've planted right next to this, so I've got, I've got to take care of some of the roots of some of these things some of these issues, some of this stuff. We have to organize our mind to be wise and see those things. But if shame comes in, then we're like, I don't even want to see a seed. I don't even want to see a thorn. I don't even want to see anything bad. Shame comes in and defeats everything. We can organize our mind, and the Holy Spirit will show you. I'm not even teaching on Joshua 1, but now I am. But Joshua 1, it says, it's super interesting. It starts out with, here's Moses is dead. And, and this is the first thing God tells Joshua. Moses is dead. That's kind of brutal, isn't it? What he's saying is everything, everything that you know about what Moses did, there's something new now. And then, and then in a couple verses, it says, your land is, and he goes to the north, it's that, that landmark, to the south, to the north, it's that landmark, to the south, the east, and the west. You have a defined, promised life that you should be living in your body, in your finances, in your mind, in your emotions, in your relationships, in your hobbies, and in your joy. And we persevere, we move towards that promised life. The promised life is you'll never commit isn't you'll never commit adultery, you'll never have a problem, you'll never be sick. That's not the promised life. There's something really good for us to be contending for, and, and it comes through much of the manifestation of the Holy Spirit and People are energized when you share the things of the Holy Spirit with them. This third one, of the Spirit. I'm going to go really quick over here. All right, so the Holy Spirit is um, pneuma or pneumatos. It's the breath of God. It's the Spirit that hovers over the earth for creation. It's the Spirit that hovers over Mary. And I want you to hear I want you to that. A Spirit that you can't see an intangible hovers over Mary's womb, and there's a seed in Mary, right? Like every kid is born is when a seed is inseminated by, by one, by, a, by, by, by a, father, uh, um, a man into a woman, and then Jesus is produced. 
That's the same spirit that's intangible that manifests itself through you. Anywhere you're lacking life, anywhere you're lacking Jesus, just ask the Holy Spirit to be there and to do something. It's the same thing the spirit, uh, the spirit the church, early church was filled with. And, um, and you can hear that. You can hear that, that, uh, that, that Jesus wants to manifest himself through you. But if your mind is, organized, is disorganized, it's actually, your mind is never actually disorganized. I want you to understand that. Your mind is always organized in a really poor way. It's not serving you well. And it's organized based on usually trauma and tragedy and trying, us trying to be safe. But if, you, if your mind is organized against God loves you, then you'll never want, want to receive his gifts. If, you're, if your mind is organized that you're not worthy, every time you hear God has gifts for you, your, your, your mind organized that you're unworthy will say, but I'm unworthy. And so the power, what you're saying is, I know God's powerful, I know he's loving, I know he's good, I know he has gifts, but he doesn't have them for me. That's how powerful your organized mind is and the direction in which you organize it. Your, your thoughts, the way you organize your mind, will absolutely defeat the word of God for you. I want you to hear that. There's, there's power in the prophetic. There's power in laying on of hands. There's power in preaching. There's power in Bible study. But everything that you hear, if your mind is organized according to your trauma, according to your pain, according to your bias, according to your, your own personal hurt in life, according to your own I'm, you're the God of your life sort of thing, it will make the word of God void. It will make it void. That's how powerful your thoughts are. So when we're praying, God, change my mind, he's like, you change your own mind. He, re- he really is. Now, sometimes you, there's things that the Lord wants from you. I'm, I've, I've struggled with one a few years ago. I'm struggling with one this year. I think the Lord keeps saying this. And my prayer this year has been, God, I do not want to do that. If you want, and I've prayed that I would do it, but my heart's not behind it. I don't really want to do it. I don't, want to, I don't want to start this thing right here. So then, I, and I can't just pray, well, God, you have to change me. What I do is like, God, God, help me see. Help me trust you. Help me know more in this area. Because why? Because I'm, I'm walking with him. He knows me perfectly. I know he has something good for me if I, if I start or stop these things. But I still don't always want to do it. So I begin to organize my mind. I will give you. I will give you. Have you ever given somebody a compliment and they turn it away? I love that. Sh- I love that shirt. It was only three dollars. I love. I love that blouse. Oh, it has a stain on it back here. Man, you are so nice. Well, I'm not usually. All right. So whenever, whenever we hear receive, or whenever we hear we've given, we need, you need two things. You need two things to get a gift. You need a giver, which our giver is perfect. He's only, if, he says, if he says he wants to give you a gift and you begin to cry because it scares you to death, you can then say, but I trust you because you're perfect, all right? But then what we forget is a giver always needs a receiver. Everybody raise your hand and say, I am a receiver. God doesn't determine how good of a receiver you are. You determine that. You determine by organizing your mind, every gift you have more for me, I want. Everything you have for me, I want. I trust you more than I trust myself. And you begin to organize your mind in your conversation with him, and it begins to change things. You have to receive the things of the Holy Spirit. We've talked about this before. If you have an inheritance and you're informed that you have an inheritance, 
But then you say, you know what? I don't want, I don't want to travel down to Houston. It's a mess. I'll have to pay, I'll have to pay like $18 to park. And I don't have a car. I'll have to get a ride. So I'm going to leave my million dollars down there. But I'm going to stay here in Tomball and say I have a million-dollar inheritance. But I'm not going to spend it. I'm not going to use it. I'm not going to benefit from it. You had somebody give to you. You have to take a little bit of a journey to pick it up to receive it. You don't have to be worthy of it. But you have to receive it. You have to get it. All right. I'm going to stop right there. Now turn to your neighbor. Say, I want to challenge you to utilize your spiritual gifts this week. All right, you just go ahead and stand up. So if you do me a favor this, this week, do the body of Christ a favor. And, I, I, and I, I meant to say this when we started. We are, through the end of next year, on a 37 months of Vision 2020. I think I shared a little bit last year, last week about it. So we are on to experience ourselves, the presence of God, in our, own, in our own life, in our family, in our homes, through us, and here at the church. We're doing something for a re, in a regional context, all right? So it doesn't matter if there's me and four other people. We're going to pursue that same thing. It doesn't matter if you're uncomfortable with speaking in tongues. It doesn't matter if you don't believe in the demonic. It doesn't matter if you think revival should be something else. What matters is we're, we're, we're pursuing in one mind what God has for this region, which, inclu- which is for us too. But we're, we're doing that, and that's, that's all we're moving towards in everything that we do. And that's why BJ's coming again this next week. And, and, and I, know that, I know that BJ, uh, some people are like, that's just like, so, like too different for me. And that's totally okay. But maybe it's not about what BJ brings. Maybe it's what you're bringing. So BJ's here to give you something that you're biased against. So I want to challenge you as we have speakers into this next year. Um, there's going to be another guy I hope to get that's a guitar-playing prophetic guy. And um, so just be willing to like everything that you have I want. All right? And Jesus doesn't make it weird. We're the ones that translate it as being weird. Jesus is not uncomfortable with who you are. We're often uncomfortable with who he is. And the thing is, is that that whole thing of you coming. So this week, be praying, God, what are my biases? Show me. Let them rise up. Let me think of the, the people that I don't like of what they're doing or the messages I don't like or the gifts that I don't like. Maybe it's the very gift that you need. Maybe it's the very thing that you need is what a person next to you that's irritating you is bringing to you. But text me. I mean, as you're praying for Sunday morning, as you're praying for just people in general, as you come with words of wisdom, words of knowledge, something maybe discerning, something prophetic, specifically those four areas, okay? And then just be willing to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And just drop any, just, just drop any conversation. This is what we often do. i like, don't bow your heads, but I'll like, bow your heads and, and say, God... Thank you for all my spiritual gifts. And we actually bow our heads and we say, God, thank you for all my spiritual gifts. And then what our organized mind does from back here starts running out. Well, I don't have any gifts. Well, I'm not good enough. Well, he doesn't know me. He doesn't know who I am. He doesn't know what I've done. He doesn't know how I think. He doesn't know how shy I am. He doesn't know how angry I am. He doesn't know how sinful I am. It starts rotating there. That's never God. God's not bringing up your memories of those things. God's not ever listing out your sins. All right, that's you. That's the enemy working against you. So, so this week, when you close your eyes and you just pray, like God, give me. Uh, is there is there anything you want me to pray about? And something pops in your head. Pray about that one thing. And then, is there anything else you want me to pray about that one thing? If it's somebody in the context of our journey, church here, 
then text it to me. All right, so Father, we do, we say, just declare in Jesus' name, we want everything you have for us. And we don't open our arms a little bit. We don't cup them out one little cup and say, give me a little bit of water. We say, I want you to be living water manifested and flowing through me in Jesus' name. That I will let nothing stop me from believing deeper and more in you and your goodness and your ways. I will let nothing stop me, not any lie of the enemy, not any experience I've had, not anything I've done. I won't even let my personality that's not even actually my personality if it opposes you. I just declare we declare we are designed to walk with your presence really closest to us. We are designed to walk administering, giving gifts to people around us, supernatural gifts, as we walk with our friend Jesus. We thank you for that. And then we just bless this region, every church in this region, every minister in this region, everybody seeking the presence of God in in, in the same sense that we are, and everybody who's not. But every church here would be opened up to the presence of the Holy Spirit, to salvation, to deliverance, to physical healing, the fullness the sozo, the fullness of your salvation, in Jesus' name, amen. All right, God bless you.